Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, uh, joined by my dear friend and colleague, uh, the Reverend Dr. Michael Berg, um, and joined as well by my colleague, Jason <laughs> Alcorn. Uh, yep. Are you going to stop this like after his first year of initiation? We had a rough day together today. <laughs> it it the, was. The it was. The, um, Michael, you just came from uh, somewhere. Where were you before this? I was at a committee meeting. Committee meeting. I was at a committee meeting too. Jason, how did your uh, committee meeting go? I I was not scheduled for one. Huh. Um, What do you teach tomorrow, Michael? What I teach, I have worship and apologetics. Oh, man, that sounds like quite the load. Yeah, I've got History 111. Jason, what what do you have tomorrow? I'll be writing a test for my class on Wednesday. Oh, that sounds terrible. That <laughs> sounds terrible. Um, so I am here uh, with my friend Michael and with my friend Keanu. Uh, I like calling him that now because if you've ever seen The Matrix where Keanu Reeves dodges the bullets, <laughs> that is how um, I picture Jason with work now. Someone comes with possible work and Jason just whew, shoots right by. But that's all right. Can't touch um, me. It's okay. This is not a week to be working too hard. Um, in fact, uh, this is a week uh, to not be working at all. Uh, we are recording in the midst of Holy Week, um, and I'm not talking about going to work that you get paid for, um, but it's a it's a week to quit our own striving, quit our own working, um, and to look to Christ and to listen, to hear uh, these wonderful messages of this week. Um, if you're a Christian and you've not been in church, this is the week to get back to it. Um, if you are not a Christian and you've wondered what Christians are about, this is the week to go check it out. I would say hardest, it's not impossible, but hardest of the week of the, the church year to to mess up a sermon maybe. I mean, the texts are pretty... You gotta try Yep, and there people are have. some. There are people who put in that people effort. Have. Yeah, um, but a, a great chance to hear some of the central texts of the passion, the suffering, the death, the resurrection um, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, because we had committee meetings, and because uh, we have places that we need to be after this, we are going to be skipping a free for all today. Um, also, just with the topic to get into Holy Week, we're going to give you some Holy Week talk. Um, and then hopefully send you off to get yourself some Holy Week uh, in your local church if you don't have one. If you're trying to find a church in your area you're not sure, email Jason. He'll do the church locator thing. Sure. I'd be and, happy to help and you And he out. will help you out. Um, you can email us at uh, podcast at letthebirdfly.com. I think that's it. It's on our website. And I will, I will forward it to Jason. And I believe Mondays and Sunday evenings is when he checks his email. <laughs> So if he gets it in time, he will let you know. Um, we are a part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. Check out 1517.org. They will have devotions for this whole week of Holy Week, um, articles uh, for each day and on these different um, accounts that we encounter in the Gospels about Jesus. <clears throat> they have free academy stuff. They have a podcast network. Um, they have a publishing house uh, with one book from Michael Berg and another book, Lord willing, um, at some point in the future here, coming out. Um, and so I would encourage you to check that out as well. If you've not been listening it to our Winging It series, um, I know it's relatively new. It's only been going for about three and a half years. 
Um, so if you've not found your way to that, um, we're in the same series, the Luther series, but we just started Life After Luther. And that's a great time to jump in. So you could go back. Um, we just had one session come out. That's the second one. Uh, it'd be a good time to jump in. And we will be, we're basing that off of my book, An Uncompromising, uh, an uncompromising Gospel. So um, check that out as well if you get a chance. I appreciate everybody who has been rating, reviewing, subscribing. I need to get books out. Um, there were five. I replied I'd get books out, I believe, to them who did win the uh, giveaway um, for a copy of, uh, um, I don't even remember what book I said I'd give away, but I've got copies I'll give out. I need to get you two to sign one because someone wanted your signatures. Um, and I will get that out. But if you haven't already, we do really appreciate the ratings, reviews, and subscribing. All right. With that, let's make our way to the main topic. that brings us to our main topic i was looking back through our devotions on the website our episodes our sessions for holy week stuff to share this week we have one we a really good series we had one year in 2019 and i'm going to be sharing those each day as we go shared one by uh the reverend paul horn you guys may know him shared one by uh the reverend john borland and then I'm guessing Mike and I have some content in there. Uh, I don't think you wrote anything for that series, Jason. But that's all right. That was no, before you were here. That's correct. Before you were here. Um, so uh, you can check that out. There will be devotions for each day from the past. You can go to our website and see. But I realized we've never just um, – we've done like Holy Week and Easter 2 or we've done a short take on Holy Week. Um, but it's been a while since we've done just uh, – Let's run through Holy Week. Let's talk Holy Week. And you have some experts in this room right now because Mike did Palm Sunday on Monday, which is like Christmas in July maybe. But um, at the chapel, the P Palm Sunday text was the text for chapel today. Mike, you did a, you did a fine job, I'm going to say. Jason, would you like to say anything? Yep, I would agree. Fine job. Um. I am up tomorrow, and I have Monday, Thursday on Tuesday. Um, and then Jason is up on Wednesday, and I believe you have Good Friday. Wednesday. On Wednesday, because then the students are gone Thursday and Friday. And uh, so that's the way Pastor Lyon and Pastor Chevy have it arranged. And so we're going to be, um, Michael already worked with, I will be working with, Jason will be working with <clears throat> Holy Week Techs. Um, you're a worship professor, Professor Michael. You, you teach the worship class here at uh, at Wisconsin Lutheran College. And Jason, you were how many years in the parish? Seventeen. Seventeen. And so you you put together some some holy weeks. Um, I did. This will be your first triduum, not in the parish, Jason. Yes. Uh, this will be my my eighth. What will this be for you, Michael? Five. Five. And uh. We each had 10 triduums in the parish? Well, we're 
I, we were out. I was out twelve years. You were probably out ten. Well, you always have to have more than me. <laughs> no, you have one more because you got out one year earlier than me. So. Right, but I only had ten, so you had twelve. I had twelve. <clears throat> okay. Um. So we've. Uh, Jason will be a first time kind of uh, along for the ride here for the Tritium. Um, Mike and I have been both. Uh, why don't we throw it to you, Michael, first? When we say Holy Week, what do we mean? Where does it end? Or where does it begin? Where does it end? If you want to get a little bit into how does it develop, anything yeah. along those lines. So when you think about uh, Holy Week, we're th- thinking about, in particular, uh, three of the most... three. The- the three most important days of the church calendar, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. And the, those, and we'd include Palm Sunday, of course, the week before. And those real four events, particular Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, then are played out every Sunday, right? So every Sunday is a holy week. Um, and that follows the pattern of the Passover, which was the most, I would argue, uh, one of the most important days in the Jewish calendar, it certainly looked back to the most important day of the Jewish historical uh, calendar, and that is the Exodus, right? So if you think about the Exodus for the Jewish people, for the Israelite, ancient Israelites, for sure, it's kind of like all of our holidays wrapped up into one. So it is the birth of their nation, so July 4th. It's emancipation, Juneteenth. It's centered around a meal, Thanksgiving. It has a religious connotation, so Easter, Christmas. So it really is the most important thing. But then there is a, a Seder meal that's done weekly. That's the mini pa- Passover annual celebration. And what's important about that is that it looks back to the past, to the Exodus event, but it looks forward to the Messiah and the true Passover lamb that pays the price for the sins of the world. In a very similar way, uh, the fulfillment of this, the Passover lamb on Good Friday, the meal changed to Holy Communion on Thursday, and then the victory, the resurrection on Sunday, that's repeated weekly and annually, and we look back to Christ, but we look forward to the wedding supper of the lamb. So this becomes, this is... important historically so much so that it's annual and then it's repeated on a weekly basis so when you think about the the sunday service on a regular sunday there's palm sunday we sing hosanna in the highest there's a monday thursday the holy communion uh the the recounting of the words of institution there's a good friday the agnus day behold the lamb of god there's an Easter Sunday, you eat with your Lord at the table. There's even an ascension in Pentecost as you're blessed and sent out with a Pentecost spirit. So the annual service then has become known as the Tritium, or the three days. And that was originally, it seemed to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those three, three days. But normally when we talk about, use that term, we mean Monday, Thursday, Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And what's unique about that, and I think kind of a cool thing you can do in your church, is to treat that as one service. So you have an invocation on Thursday, but you don't have a blessing until Sunday. And you don't have the invocation, the typical beginning on Friday or Saturday. And I think that's important pastorally, which we'll come back to later, uh, kind of some experiences that I had 
uh, coming to a parish uh, and trying to build up Holy Week. Just one more note and then I'll be done. Um, normally in our circles, we talk about the Sunday before Easter as Palm Sunday, but it's also referred to as Passion Sunday. And I think a good, uh, a good uh, practice is that you read through the whole Passion, uh, either of Luke or Mark, usually. Uh, sometimes John, the Passion of John is read on Good Friday. You have your Wednesday Lenten services where you would read through one of them or a, a, a compiling of all of them. Um, but not everybody goes to the Wednesday services, and so you have, it's good on that uh, Passion Sunday to read through the Passion. Um, sometimes people will have scarlet as a color rather than purple there. If you do that, and this is what I did, I thought it was kind of cool, is you begin the service with the Palm Sunday account, the kids come in with their palm branches singing in the opening hymn, and then you have uh, the pas the whole passion reading. So uh, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on in this in this Holy Week. Yeah, so I um I went to three services this weekend because I'm quite you're, holy. You're quite holy. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Mass at St. Josephette's, um, and I would for rank our listeners an historically important basilica. I in went Milwaukee. to two basilicas. Yeah. And I would say that was um, better than the second Basilica, but they were both okay. Um, but uh, they did Passion Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, although the sermon wasn't from the back, which it was at Holy Hill, and I believe in the Christian worship agenda, um, I don't know, is this, or that's Monday, Thursday, where they push the sermon up. Okay. Um then I went to Holy Hill, and I found out I am too fat <laughs> to park down the hill. For our non-Wisconsin, yeah. there is a um, Stations of the Cross, an important uh, building, uh, basilica. Basilica Shrine there, National on, Shrine. On top of a hill, and it's gorgeous. And you would not think hills like this exist in Wisconsin. It's, it's, it's a, like this is where you go to see the fall colors yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. it's, the, and it's the highest geographical point in southeast wisconsin yeah. so this is people make pilgrimages but uh people also just go to see the colors yeah. and the architecture and you went there for an actual and you know race. how you try to like pretend like you're hiding that you're breathing hard mm -hmm. i just stopped and doubled over for a while <laughs> it was it was a. Uh, it is it is it a hike to get up there um but then of course i went to my my home church for uh our lutheran uh, um palm sunday as well and they also did Passion Sunday. So I got the Luke account three times. But I will say there is something about getting it all at once, even if you've had it on the Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people don't sit down and just read through that much of a chunk at mm -hmm. once for devotions. Um, but question, Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday. Hymnal now says Holy Thursday. In the lectionary section, our new hymnal. So two-prong question. Um, I'll throw it to, I don't know, either of you can jump in if you have thoughts. I don't I'm sure at some point, Jason, he's on about all glory, lot, and honor in chapel today. I'm sure he wants to talk about that. But um, Monday or Holy Thursday, do you have a strong feeling? Holy Thursday is what I grew up with in Catholicism. And then you hit on it a little bit, but we have right Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday. Why are we calling these days holy? What makes them holy? Because I think some can look at this as like, this is where we get super devout this week, so we're going to be holy. Um, any thoughts on either of those things? Uh, you know, I, I grew with Monday, Thursday, and uh, I kind of still pervert, per, um, prefer that, although it's it's 
certainly just a preference um, because there is a Holy Saturday, a Holy Tuesday, and, month, and Thursday is different. And I, I think it's a good teaching. Well, what do you mean? What's Monday? First of all, it's not Monday, right? And then you have it's it's command Thursday, mandate, and the two commands to wash feet, but also do this and remember. Greg me. should have had, instead of me having Monday, Thursday, and Tuesday here, we should have done that on Monday, and we could have had Monday, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Monday, Monday, thir- Mo- Monday, 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 Thursday, Thursday. Monday. Yeah. You could have had Monday, have Thursday, Monday. Sorry for yep. interrupting. Yeah, no, that would have been good. Um, so I, and I, I don't know the, the history behind that. I think it's just a preference, much like it's Palm Sunday versus Passion Sunday. There's I want to say maybe it comes from Anglicanism. Yeah, I wonder if it's, if it's a, more of a practical thing because of the just the difficulty of that word and understanding that. Sure. And, and, you know, and it seems that there's a fairly broad use of Holy Thursday and yeah. Christendom beyond that. But I think too, I, I would agree with you. I, I grew up with Monday, Thursday, prefer that. I think, you know, cause it gives you that opportunity mm-hmm. to, to teach, right. It, mm-hmm. it stands out that way. And I, I would, the only thing is the command, right. Is the reference, right. of course, to foot washing, which is right. okay. But like, and, you sort and of in have Catholicism, to add, remember yeah. which is yeah. not the original intent. And in but, Catholicism, yeah. to be fair, growing up, Roman Catholicism. We're in Catholicism now still because mm-hmm. the Lutheran Church is small, see, Catholic. But, amen, amen, sister. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, but um, in, in Roman Catholicism where the, the Eucharist is just central to the Mass mm-hmm. all the time, it makes sense that foot washing becomes right. this. And, uh, I, although it's sometimes done pretty hokey. Like, mm-hmm. Anyways. The right. bishop's going to wash the feet of the eye. Okay. And the, yeah. Um, I will say, too, one of the things that I've not missed from Mass, I, there's things that I miss about, you know, going to a nice Roman Catholic Mass, like, namely, like, there's thought put into it often. <laughs> there's not, like, you know, we won't have to say too much, but, like... It's not shtick, usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not some guy, like, who hasn't ironed his robe in four years, and it, like, <laughs> goes up to his knee, and he... Kind of just traipsing around with no thought to where he's at. Oh, I've seen some. I've, I've been to some uh, uh, Catholic funerals or visitations. Mm, yeah, they can where, go wrong. Oof. They can go wrong. But anyways, one of the things I don't miss is um, the emotive ladies up front. Yeah. Like that. Like it's gone next level now. Of like all the readings, the announcements, yeah, yeah, yeah. the prayers, but then also just like the singing where they do this. You guys see what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it's not always a lady, but it's usually a lady. And I don't, I'm not saying that my issue is that it's a lady, but like, I, I, I'm kind of cool with it. Sometimes we're just like probably in the parish, you were like, I can read, okay. you know, and Mike, you probably did all the readings right. and it went okay. Um, but, uh, so that whatever it becomes performance or look at I participated. It's very the people curved participated. Inward. Yeah. It's a curved inward kind of thing. And but by the, the way, the people... Oh. Can I just interrupt for one second? Yes, Sorry. You already did. It bothers me. I'm going to, after I get your permission, I'm going to keep going. No, I already Can like I this because your you're, doing, you're doing one of my hand gestures that tell me you're about to make a great point. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the liturgy is the work of the people. Vatican II concept that we were taught, okay. It's okay. But I think that it's a Vatican II concept that really is tied to the sacrifice of the Mass. Right. Right. And that was, I think, problematic in our education that we accepted that phrase without a caveat. 
You can understand it correctly, but without a caveat. And the lay readers is a part of that kind of heritage that I think if we actually knew that it came out of that theology in Vatican II, that some of our people wouldn't be so gung-ho about it. Not that that's the reason to not be gung-ho about it, but once you put the word RCC, the letters RCC around it, then they're like, oh, well, we can't do that, right? It's just ironic. Right. Yeah. So anyways, though, with Monday, Thursday, the mandatum, the foot washing, it makes sense when the Eucharist is just the high point of every Mass. Okay, we're going to do that. But in Lutheranism, where I would say at least in in our neck of Lutheranism, which is a lovely neck, Mm -hmm. but... We're not maybe to where the Lord's Supper is even like, let alone central, which I'm not saying should be. A, a, a pietistic way of It's not thinking. even a part of every service, so it's not a, a given. Like having a day to be like Lord's Supper Day, mm-hmm. um, especially because you mentioned, you know, like when you were talking earlier on, you, know, you did a phenomenal job, I just want you to know. Thank you. But you mentioned like Easter and communion, especially where sometimes you'll even hear arguments like well should we really have mm-hmm. communion when we'll have visitors on the day that mm-hmm. Jesus rose from the grave for our justification with his very body and blood which he gives in the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of sins I mean should we really show our visitors what we believe and how awesome and important this is mm-hmm. and maybe incentivize them to want to learn about it and take classes <clears throat> no let's just have a longer sermon because well, God made mistakes by choosing those four means of grace. He should have just stuck with the word and maybe baptism. <laughs> the other ones we're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. and we really get irritated that he chose those four. He, did, he didn't understand our time. Okay. <laughs> Let's explain the four. You're saying word. Absolution, baptism, Holy Communion. Which our confessions say? Right? So our confessions that we all promise to withhold even uh, unto death. I kind of I kind of just mumbled at that point. <laughs> <laughs> even unto death. I just said hamburger. Yeah, hamburger, <laughs> hamburger, yeah. Uh, um, but so I, I think in the Lutheran church it makes sense to have the... Ma- the and I'm not saying it affects if it's Monday, Thursday, right, but right, to have right. it be a Lord's Supper day to, to maybe really get a chance to hammer home for people. Yep. What an amazing thing yep. it is that Christ, on the night he was betrayed, this is the thing... He left us. That he left us, yeah. not necessarily um, a lot of the other things that maybe supplant that sometimes, um, but that. And I'm not going to get on my bully pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind the Holy Thursday, Monday, Thursday, um, but uh, I was it is not really... that big on the... F- okay, he washed some feet. I get it. He set a good example, but <laughs> that's not a sacrament. It is really a, a neat thing when you can, you know center most of that service around the Lord's Supper and the not just the celebration of it but the you know the the teaching and preaching specifically on it you know and um that doesn't always get to get to happen yeah. and and when you have that opportunity you know and and you know that was one where you have people coming expecting that looking forward to that celebration perhaps in a way that they haven't all year long which you know yeah it'd be great if it was always that way but but you know here they're coming looking for that expecting that and then getting a chance not only um to celebrate that that meal but also to then um 
work at helping them understand that a little bit better and refreshing some of those truths that they're that they're coming to seek out. One of the I think one of the wonderful things that one of our professors, uh, Professor Tiefel, said in seminary when he was talking about Christmas Day, he's like, "You're going to be disappointed at the attendance of Christmas Day, not Christmas Eve, but Christmas Day." And he said, "You know what? Just." That's the time when you're faithful over there and you can really you can really do something cool with the sermon. I think Monday, Thursday probably falls into that same category where here's where you could actually kind of develop some Christological connections to the Lord's Supper that may be lost on on certain people, right? Mm-hmm. So it is it can be a special special time now. You're talking about like talking about like definitive, you know, uh presence of Christ and circumscriptive and (laughs) (laughs) yes all of those all of these uh million dollar words no i mean i think it's it's to say why why did he come here and and here is what he gives you and i think you can have a i think you can have a a really good meaty sermon on monday thursday and people aren't going to be like oh my gosh yeah Yeah. good chance to preach on the doctrine of fellowship (laughs) and and i think too at that point you know, in the celebration of that weekend, um, they're still reasonably fresh, you know, where you can maybe get into that, where if they're there Monday, Thursday and Good Friday and, you know, Easter with maybe a vigil stuck in there, you know, it might be, might be tough to hit some of the meteor elements, but. All right. So we've got Holy Thursday. I got to keep us somewhat moving because I know we can only keep this so long. So I think we had two votes for Monday, Thursday. And I'm going to go Holy Thursday just because. Understand. I've seen enough foot washings. <laughs> um, Good Friday. All right. First, just a quick question for you. We'll go around the table. And I know theologically Easter is the answer. I'm not asking that. Preaching Good Friday, Easter Sunday, which one did you get that you find you got more into working on the sermon for? Not that you enjoyed it more. Yeah. Like it's more fun to say Jesus is alive than dead. Don't right. get me wrong, but right. Uh, I got. I was a Good Friday preacher. I'll admit yeah. it. I I think Good Friday is probably easier because there's just so much material there, and and I hate to say this, but the Easter season was for me one of the hardest ones to preach because you have seven Sundays where you are preaching the same same message. Uh, one of the advices that one of the bits of advice that people gave me was when you get stuck in Easter, just read through the Easter hymns and you'll, mm-hmm. you'll be motivated. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Easter is, it's the, it's most beautiful cause you just say it, mm-hmm. right. You just say it there. And the, that's the thing with Easter is really the sermon could of, be like he's risen. And there's not a whole lot Don't of commentary to go unless you get into like, okay, baptism, resurrection, you can get into some apologetics. You can get into that stuff. But, I mean, Good Friday, there's seven words from the cross. There's, I mean, there's just so much that you could pull out of it. I preached a lot of like six, seven hundred word Easter sermons, yeah. which is about half yeah. of what I... Yeah. That, which is okay. And yeah. I think Good Friday, you, you know, there's a fuller range of emotion that, that people yeah. are working with working through, you know, and which, you know, to be able to tap into different points along that spectrum, you know, I, I think is, 
you know, and I would say for me, it would, which one I preferred, it would vary maybe from year to year, just kind of depending on, you know, what it was up or what the, (coughs) what the text I was working with or different things. But, but, you know, there are some that were got to preach good Friday and just like, man, I, that, that turned out better than, than I thought. And I think like Mike, what you were saying that there's just so much good material to work with, you know, for that day, you know, sometimes you can't help it, you know, it's, it's just there. Um, but yeah, it, you know, that it gives you a lot of different things that you can, that you can hit on where, you know, again, Easter is all good news, good news, which is, you know, great. You like that, but you know, you get to, you know, explore maybe a bit more of that full range of, of those truths and the emotional impact of some of those things too, when it comes to appropriating them. Now here's, I think, what is the challenge or danger of Good Friday? And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, is precisely that emotion can cut many ways. It can be used mm-hmm. well or, or poorly. And of all the days of Holy Week, I think this one's the easiest to, for people to feel like they there's a certain frame of mind or emotional like predicament that they should find themselves in. Um, I think the church maybe tries to mitigate this even with calling it Good Friday. Like, okay, let's not over <clears throat> overdo it. Um, you know, I I must always end up making, and I, I'm not saying this is a bad hymn, but, you know, kind of making fun of kind of the sentimentality you get of the, like, the were you there when they crucified my Lord? And you get the, oh, sometimes it caused me to tremble. And you can get where that becomes this, like, emotional, like, oh, this bad thing happened in Jesus. If I were there, I would have stopped it. You know, I'd usually joke with my parish and be like, great, Mildred, now we're all going to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> but that there can be... Um, uh, you know, I like the strepitus. I know some people really don't like the strepitus with the loud noise at the end. But a lot of these things, if they are done simply to like make you feel really sad and morbid, um, you know, we really want to make sure that we do that, um, that we navigate that properly. We're we're not the apostles on Good Friday. We do see in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. Maybe that's um, something I had to wrestle with myself because I do. Um, I do like me when you can find some good liturgical um, ways to to suck people in somewhat. Yeah. And so I'm probably one of them who would be tempted to play things up too much. And so maybe that's guarding against my own inclinations. But um, any thoughts you guys have on Good Friday or on that? Is that anything you wrestled with? Is there a certain emotional disposition people should have? Um, I mean, it's kind of a, a long day to be sad the whole day. Um, I grew up with, you don't go outside from 12 to 3, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Some of our churches have Treori services. There's yep. service of darkness, service of um, our tenebrae service, uh, service of seven words, all these different things. Anything you guys have? I think that is one of the things where, you know, there can be a fine line sometimes before when it comes to touching on emotions or, you know, the, you know, affecting the emotions versus manipulating the emotions. And, you know, that's always a, always a danger to, to be aware of that, you know, you want to want to watch out for that. Um, and I think sometimes too, that idea of, you know, is this, uh, am I, am I walking the, walking the proper balance there? Um, yeah. I mean, that can be a, that can be a tough thing to, to wrestle with just a little bit, but, but I think too, um, 
you know, to make use of those things that have been handed down to us properly can be a very powerful thing and to not shy away from them um, just because they may be a bit much on occasion. Yeah. So in worship class, we talk about this and I make the case that manipulation is actually a, a, it's a neutral (laughs) word, right? I can manipulate something uh, in a positive way or a negative way. And I think it really comes down to, is this about, do you assume a free will or not? If I'm trying to manipulate you into a emotive response so that you make a decision or so that you, you do something for Christ or for your own salvation, that would be problematic. So think the anxious bench or something like or that. Or a way that I'm manipulating you into thinking or confusing emotions with faith. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so uh, I say... You know, we want to be manipulated. Like you go to uh, you go to a um, a movie, uh, a, dr- a drama. You want to be you want your emotions manipulated, right? So I think it is appropriate to um, have uh, a sense of holy awe or of sadness or of joy, right? And and we do that with the colors of the pyramids. We do that with whether we use flowers or not, we, we do this in, in subtle ways, but yeah, it is a fine line that you can, because not only, you know, do you mix up true faith with feelings or get in the danger of, I am, I am holier than you because I was crying or I was rolling around in holy laughter or whatever, but you also have the danger of cheaping it, uh, making it cheap. So somebody looks at and they, they see right through your cheap emotive, try to, you know, just let it kind of happen naturally. And I think that's where there's the historic practices are. I think they curb our enthusiasm in a certain way. Um, you explain them, you go through them. And, and I think they end up being a little bit more authentic. And there's nothing wrong then with being emotional or tearful for the right reason. I mean, I, Good Friday was always a hard service for me to get through, especially, um, I mean, when you're, you're reading the Messianic Psalms and if you get, you know, to the Lamentations, then uh, it's, there's a lot going on there. But yeah, that it's connected to the Word. It's not just for effect. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, even, I mean, this, the stripping of the altar th- at the end of the Monday Thursday service that if you do that, that can be a pretty mm-hmm. powerful and emotional oh, yeah. thing that, right. you know, as you go through that, you know, so, I mean, there, are, there are components all the way through, um, these Holy week services that you know, can really hit on that. But, and I think to, to remember that, uh, this is also time for <coughs> those who have lost loved ones in the past, especially recently, not just because, oh, this is maybe the first major holiday without my husband or without my wife, but it's a death and resurrection theme. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And um, so Easter morning, we are talking about, you know, sometimes it can be hard to preach through the whole Easter season. How many times can you just say Jesus is risen? But I think that um, what helped me was to think about, especially Easter Sunday, but and help my funeral preaching is, uh, funeral preaching is connected to baptism and resurrection, and there's a there's a bit of an attitude on Easter Sunday that Saint Paul gives us in First Corinthians 15, um, uh, the correct amount of confidence in where O death is your victory, mm-hmm. and so this is the time I think when you I would really get up and say, you know, point your finger at death and you say you can't have me, right? I mean that that can be. 
that can be very helpful for somebody who is has just buried a loved one or is facing death or facing whatever to say hey you know what this is what it comes down to is your confidence in Christ that you get to you get to live forever and I, I think that that attitude is a little bit different than what you would have the 17th Sunday after Pentecost mm-hmm. where where you are a little bit more textual driven not that you're not textual driven in the Easter season and Easter Sunday but if there's ever a time that you're going to preach the church here <laughs> it's Easter Sunday right right like it's okay if you don't give a, a full exegetical uh, sermon on um, on Jonah that on the old time that's mm-hmm. fine right yep. because this is the time where you you get to proclaim this right so it is a different I think there is a there is a different attitude and I think it helped me when I started thinking about my funeral sermons as Easter sermons and then my mm-hmm. Easter sermon started to sound like a funeral sermon sure and I, I think um, to connect that to Good Friday again too even as Easter is for those who maybe had recent deaths whatever else you know we're working with them there uh, uh, as they work through this in a culture where a lot of people aren't surrounded by death I mean we just went through a pandemic and most people still haven't encountered death one on one in a meaningful way <clears throat> you know bend at a deathbed um, Good Friday is a chance to put death in front of people too that this is it's a great equalizer this yep. is the problem. This is the problem Christ came to address, and uh, and we're all going to face it unless he comes first. I think that can be, right, really, Holy Week is, um, it's not only looking at the last days of Christ's life, but it's it's our death and resurrection as well. Um, and, and that we don't, it's, it's countercultural to say we don't accept death. Right. We will not accept this where our culture is, very accepting of death yeah. and good friday tolerates no platitudes yeah. i mean if you're doing some of the historic services and definitely if you're engaging with the biblical text <clears throat> this is death laid bare um and i think that can be helpful too because that's what enables you on easter sunday to mock death and boast is like jesus didn't just <clears throat> pass away um jesus didn't just leave us jesus died right and he died with people mocking him um he died in anguish he died alone Um, and yet yeah that even that death a worst of deaths um easter says what do you have death christ has burst your belly um you can't devour us now um i think that that's very helpful in a, I mean, we've been through some rough times, but we're still very blessed that just most of human history, death was a much more present thing mm-hmm. yep. um, than we see today. We won't send grandma to the nursing home or the right. hospice care. Um, Mike, you mentioned baptism, connection to Easter. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't hit at least a little bit on the Easter vigil. Easter vigil is starting to pop up more in Lutheran churches. Yeah. I would say... One of my favorite services of the year, but not one I was at until I was in Milwaukee um, in a Lutheran church uh, where um, at Nain, where uh, Pastor Berg, Joe Berg, um, does a very good job with the Easter Vigil and has introduced it and um, puts a lot of work into it. Uh, 
I know I've seen popping up on Facebook now more churches in the area offering this. Um, what are we? What are? What have we been missing by not having the Easter vigil, or have we not been missing anything? Why have it? I don't know if you did it in Nina or not, we Jason. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, what's the benefit of that? And maybe even that supplanting like the Easter sunrise service mm-hmm. so that you can have one big Easter festival service mm-hmm. with, with word and meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, there's definitely seems to be a more inherent logic to that. Um, mm-hmm. But anything you guys have on the vigil? I'll Holy say Saturday. one thing and then I'll let you, cause I actually never got around to doing it. That was next on the list mm. before I got here. But uh, yep. uh, just, I think there's a sense of history there, like the early church, uh, a catechumenate, um, on, you know, they would go through kind of a, a two year, um, probational period, honestly, pulling themselves out of paganism, being taught. And then they would uh, often be baptized, um, in this Easter vigil. And then, then that would be the first time that they would also then go to Holy communion. They were not even allowed to see the mystery and, uh, scenes of, of men and women, uh, separately, being sometimes I think stripped naked and gone into a pool and then emerging out of it like a grave, the death and resurrection picture of, of Romans chapter six. I think uh, there, there's, it's ancient. You know, yeah. if you had to give one word to the Easter vigil, it's ancient. And I think that's, uh, that's more attractive in our society in a postmodern world. Um, a little bit more concerned with ancient things and historic and authentic things. And so I think that's one side effect um, or one side benefit. Yeah. How, how did, how many times, how many years did you were able to do it? I want to say that it was the last two years there that I, that we did a true Easter vigil. Yeah. Um, did you start outside and yep, stuff? Started yeah, outside okay. with, and then, you know, it's kind of in four parts, the service of light, the service of lessons, the, is it service of baptism and service of the sacrament? I think is kind of the, and I may have, may have those uh, mixed up. But we did, we did that um, for a couple of years there, um, and it was really a neat thing, especially coming from the darkness of the tenebrae service on Good Friday, um, and then starting in darkness yeah. for the vigil. Um, it really was a neat transition there. Um, but then that component of bringing in the connection to baptism. Um, and that was, that was one way, one of the draws to that was we would always celebrate whether it was Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday, whichever was our normal communion Sunday. That's what we would celebrate up at that, at that point. That's how we were doing it. So one of the, one of the selling points was to say, you know, let's do this so that we're going to guarantee a celebration of the sacrament on Easter, um, and that was something that was very appealing as well to say, there's going to be communion on Easter. You may have to come to the vigil rather than the festival service. Um, but that then, you know, um, and it took a little bit to, uh, looking at some of the, the resources that were available to, to try to, you know, um, craft that and put that yeah. together in a way that made sense. And it's a service. It's super helpful to have yep. a canter for Yes. Yep. There's a number of readings, a back and forth. If I mean, you had an associate, right? If you yep. have multiple ministers or people, yep. you know, so you have lectors. Um, there's a fair amount of movement yes. in the service. A lot of movement Fire. and logistical planning that goes into it. But yep. it's there's a lot of really neat symbolism. Yep. It's unlike a service, I can guarantee for those of us um, who haven't been to one before, 
um, it's worth going to at least once would be my recommendation. Yeah. The one thing that I wish, so, and this was just kind of a, a thing where we were at is we'd always kind of had this odd thing where they still kept the Saturday night service and then had a sunrise service and we would get zero for attendance or I wouldn't say zero, but we were very small attendance in the sunrise. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but we still had a strong attendance on Saturday. And so we said, well, we're going to turn the Saturday then into the vigil. So the one thing that I would have really loved to have been able to do is to do like a true morning vigil, sunrise vigil, where you have, you know, not only starting in darkness, but it's dark outside and having the, the light of the sun grow sure. with the light of the light in the sanctuary. That would have been one thing that I really would have liked to have done with that, but is just kind of, again, the circumstances that we had as in our congregation didn't really quite match up with that at, yeah. at the time that we were doing it. So, and this, every parish is different. Um, I served a parish that was, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, 350 people, I was sole pastor, but thankfully we had some um, people who taught at Michigan Lutheran Seminary who could help. But some, the logistics of it, the music of it, it, it can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to go whole hog if you're trying to do it right. the first time, too. Um, it's it's nice to have the things that you can have. Uh, Michael had to leave. He did. But he shared his Easter thoughts. Yep. <clears throat> and we focused especially Holy Week on the Triduum. So we're going to get right kind of Monday, Thursday through the vigil. But now we're to Easter Sunday. Um, we're going to have the Alleluia's come back. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Perhaps the best hymnody of the whole church year. Mm, yeah, there's um, a lot of good ones. Yeah. It, um, any thoughts you have on on uh, Easter? We've talked about preaching Easter, but anything that comes to mind, Jason? Yeah, I think um, this is this is what the whole week is building toward, right? And and I mean, in many ways, it is. You know, this is a brand new start. You know, with um, the week coming to an end with the vigil uh, of sorts, and now it's a brand new day. It's a brand new start. It's a brand new week. And you know, I mean, it's really him making all things new, right? And this, you know, is to be able to proclaim that message that you know sets christianity apart um and that this is this is the key event the defining event that you know uh really is holding all of that together as we and the whole creation live in the light of this event yes yes until all things are are consummated yeah exactly um and the again there there are different it 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 allowed for um different components you know of symbolic communication i think that you know there's lots of of practices to draw from perhaps the Uh, richest day of the church year for symbolism of all sorts yep and then like you say you add that um some of the, the hymnody and, and the music that's available for that and whether it's, you know, the congregational singing or the um, small groups or choirs or cantors or things like interpretive that. Interpretive dance. Yeah. <laughs> we never quite got to interpretive dance. I don't know if maybe that was, uh, you know, that was maybe my next thing. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, and, 
you know, it was just interesting to, to look through the variety of resources that congregations had used um, from different things and say, you know, what, what are some, you know, things that will be good fit here that will really serve to underscore and, and communicate and set, set this message, you know, um, or take this message and put it in as, as uh, beautiful and edifying a setting as possible. That, that I would say for, of all the days of the church here too, probably the most resources you will ever have to glean from those who've gone before us. Mm-hmm. Um, not just with him did he, um, and not just with art, but I mean, the church fathers. And I mean, all, over the centuries, you can find sermons of people declaring yep. this day. And it, in, in looking back on those, it becomes so rich because you see, as we mentioned, all the themes, all the images um, at different times in history, what's standing out. Um, and every Easter is diff- Every year, Easter has been a bit different, even just in my own experience, based mm-hmm. on. <clears throat> where life is at or what's going on. Um, that's part of with COVID to have missed out on that. Um, yeah. You know, at one point. Um, and really to not have gotten back to as robust an Easter celebration. I mean, it's going to take a while yet to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still trying to get people back, right? Um, yes. That, um, But to have that across history, this truth proclaimed, um, you're never going to find more resources. to. You could spend your whole life. Yeah. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And... I mean, and this is something that, you know, people are excited to be there. You're often going to have guests, whether it's, you know, family members of members or whether it's guests from the community Mm -hmm. and things like that. And again, you know, you get to share that message of what this is all about. It's up there with Christmas and it's, it's a better, if you could pick one day to bring the guests and you had to pick Christmas or Easter, in my mind, it's a no brainer. Easter is the day to encapsulate. Yep. The whole church here. Yep. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that Easter, still for the most part, Christians get to claim that and it stands alone as a Don't Christian. you know that Easter was a pagan holiday? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. You know, um, but... My favorite with that is that you ever see the meme where someone's like, yeah, okay, cool, great. Keep it up, and we're going to take Toyotathon too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and but a lot of the things that go along with the celebration of Easter, even the even the ones that people look at as secular, kind of come from Christian traditions, mm-hmm. and and people are excited about some of these different things that they're doing. Um, but church is still a big part of that for yeah. most of them, and the and and. They're excited about that. They're excited to be there, and you get to you get to share the best, the the message of the best good news that there I, is. The Easter more so than Christmas, since Christmas already has so many things that the culture has just made its own. Mm-hmm. Easter is still a time where the the culture has to kind of culturally appropriate the church, if we can use that language. Yep. Um, if you're getting together on Easter. Whether you like it or not, and maybe you're just doing it because you're off work and you're getting together with family, the rationale for why that's happening is more than with Christmas. It can be Santa Claus. It can yep. be gift giving. It can be whatever. Yep. Um, but the culture hasn't, um, in a, hasn't been able to uh, um, desacralize 
um, desacralize, however you say that. Um, yeah, it's uh, a good word. Um, Easter in the same way. All right. We didn't have a free-for-all. We, we're getting it about time. Uh, I did get a complaint that when I let you do the intro, yeah, that you did all right, but we went too long. And I think the person was largely blaming me for the back and forth with that. <laughs> um, you may know it was John Bordelin. Oh, yeah. And well, I, I, he's, well, there's timestamps. Jump ahead, dude. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's, it is what it is. He's going to be your pastor. Yeah. So we don't want to offend him. Right. That's true. So I'm going to let you close this out. And um, I'm not going to interrupt because I don't want you to have an awkward situation. When you guys move at the end of the school year and you'll sure. be down in Maguanago and your, your beloved uh, wife, a, a lovely woman, mm -hmm. will be teaching down there. Um, I don't want to get in the way of your that pastor and um, parishioner relationship that you'll have. I appreciate that. So I'm just going to give this to you. We talked about Holy Week. I'll remind you, Jason. Yep. Um, the podcast is called Let the Bird Fly. Yep. And then however you would like to wrap this up, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm putting my microphone thing up. You can hear me maybe getting a little bit quieter as it goes. Thank you once again, friends, for joining us today as we are in the midst of Holy Week. And it's a pleasure that uh, we've got a chance to spend some time discussing these things uh, about Holy Week and all the special uh, events and remembrances that come along with that. And, and we certainly wish you uh, the Lord's richest blessings as you make your way through uh, Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday, make your way through Good Friday, celebrate the the Lord's resurrection on Easter, whether you get a chance to preface that with a, with a vigil or not, but to look at that uh, wonderful truth of Christ risen for you, proving your uh, salvation and resurrection for yourself and setting that stage of freedom for uh, life in this world. And uh, as you celebrate Holy Week and as you go forth um, from there into the world as uh, redeemed children of God, let the bird fly. Another round, another round, another round, one more round won't get me down.